to the Focus Series by Dental Head Start, where we focus into your favorite topics. When we're about to graduate from dental school and looking for a job, we always hear how it is so important finding the right job for us that will allow us to rapidly grow both clinically and non-clinically as a new graduate dentist. But with so many job advertisements all touting the same perks and, and equipment, how can we filter out a job that may hold us back from growth from one that will maximize our first year as a dentist? Welcome back to the new Grad Focus series. My name is Philip Nguyen and I'm a first year graduate. Today we are joined by Dr. Steve Dudgeon and Dr. Eli Berger, who are co-CEOs of Avenue Dental, a group of practices on the sunny coast. And they also happen to be my bosses and the guys I work for today. They have a passion for giving back to the dental community. They started the Australian Dental Graduate of the Year Award, the Mini Residency Program, as well as various other programs that help students and young dentists excel at the beginning of their careers. They are also passionate about how a supportive and a fun workplace culture can lead to high-quality dentistry and an amazing patient experience. We discuss all the different factors to look for when choosing your first job out of dental school, so keep listening if you'd like to learn a few tips that may just help change the direction of how your first year will go. Enjoy the episode. So, Steve, you've been on the podcast before, actually. Had an episode that's out maybe, I think, two, about two years ago now. And uh, the only reason it was me and not Eli is I think Eli um, had lost his voice that day. Yes. And so uh, um, it would have been, everyone would have been a, lucky enough to hear A chest either. infection, and I thought this is going to be intolerable for other people because it doesn't stop me from actually talking. But uh, mm-hmm. people would have just been sipping water the whole time listening to me in sympathy. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we had to get you um, both on today yeah. to sort of make up for it. Thank you. Beautiful. <laughs> so um, I guess today's episode is about, talk, um, is about finding the right job as a final year student and going into your graduate years. Um, and I guess because you guys are my bosses, we sort of have um, you know, the experience of of, of knowing how I found um, my first job and and what it's been like since. Um, but you're sort of a few years out of out of university now. What was your experiences like when you were uh, finishing out? Because I understand it's quite different now as a new graduate than it was, you know, when you were when you were graduating back in the um, the Stone Age, the Dark Age. Yeah, when we, <laughs> when we <graduated. laughs> I didn't want to say. It, but, <laughs> no, it was good. Uh, Two thousand and five, we both graduated, and Steve was lucky to start at Avenue. So I'll give you my experiences first, and you can contrast them with his. Um, I went and started. Uh, first of all, finding a job. My wife was a solicitor, and she has a career in Brisbane, and so I needed to find a job in Brisbane, and it was quite difficult. To get it was okay in regional areas. It was quite difficult to find a job in Brisbane at that stage, although not not as difficult as it had been. And I didn't actually apply to an ad. I just went to the practice I wanted to work and um, put my resume in. Luckily, one of the receptionists was a dental student, and we were friends. And she recommended me very highly <laughs> to the guys. And I had an interview and got the job, but it wasn't actually um, something that was advertised. And I know. Um, Hustle, have a bit of hustle, have a bit of confidence. And I feel you embody that and, and you do a great job in it. And I think you've got to be um, vision of what you want and then just create that and, and, and go in. And, and people really appreciate that level of entrepreneurship, that level of focus, that level of commitment. That's half the battle. 
Um, so that was a great uh, experience for me getting that job and I was really fortunate to get it. It was a fantastic practice and very well established. There was no thought of mentorship though. So it was me in a room with a meeting, half an hour meeting once a month, no systems, no processes. With a new grad, I got the worst assistant that was like part-time, didn't know what was going on, would disappear out of the room for what felt like hours on end. <laughs> and, and I just had to make it up as I went along and, and I noticed the dentists around me would get quite stressed and anxious at work and there wasn't a lot of a positive uh, environment at times and basically I left, I still got there in the end. After a good seven years, I, I became what I consider to be quite a good dentist doing great work and, and communicating well. But then once I started at Avenue after seven years, I learned more in the six, first six months <laughs> than I had in the previous seven years. And I was much happier for it too. I was getting quite stressed in my first couple of years. I actually went on some herbal medicines to try to <laughs> combat anxiety because I was you know, freaking out all the time. And really, it just doesn't. The great thing is it just does not have to be like that. I think, yeah, there's a better way to do it. Um, so, Steve, you want to contrast there? Yeah, well, uh, it, it's still really hard when you first graduate. Mm. Um, so I remember when I first graduated, I'd come home and I'd sit down on the couch and I'd stare at a blank TV screen and just sort of decompress because it was all just really hard, everything I was doing. And so it, it takes a bit of time just to get to that point where everything's not new and then like you've got then the muscle memory to work, your hands move well. Like I remember back at dental school just trying to start with mirror vision for the first time, like I'm going to move my hand up, going to move my hand up and move it down. In the mirror and I just I was like I will never get this I will never be any good at it and so I'll, I'll just contort myself like a pretzel and that'll be my way through yeah. to the next 30 40 years of dentistry was my plan and um, but it, it does come so that was the good thing it gets easier and now like I don't know if I'm looking in the mirror or I'm looking at the tooth it, it just happens my brain sort of has gotten to that point um, but the first year was it was it was really hard but certainly as Eli says I think you can make it easier and that's sort of the, the big thing. If you've got, I was really fortunate. I had uh, Dr. Richard Bell. Uh, we're still very good friends. Mm -hmm. uh, he's retired now, but he got to 50 years of dentistry, which is a phenomenal achievement. And he just retired um, during COVID times. And we still catch up now. He's just a wonderful person. And then he was so available. Like I remember having treatment plan, uh, treatment plans to do. And then uh, he, he wasn't at the practice that day then popping into his house just to run through a quick treatment plan um, to get his advice on things. So he was always extremely available and that was just the, the best thing. So I was just very fortunate on that front. Yeah, well, that's amazing. And I guess back in your day, what I've heard from, from you previously is that, you know, there weren't that many jobs available as a, for, for, for new graduates. Like it was not guaranteed that you wouldn't get a job when you were leaving uni. Oh, it, it sort of went through phases. So when we graduated, because it's enough years ago, there's actually probably an undersupply of dentists. So especially if you're willing to go outside of the capital cities, then you just got job yeah. offers thrown at you. Mm. Um, so I, I was wanting to go and live at the beach. And so because of that, and there's like heaps of jobs that were offered to me. And I, not that I was um, spectacular, I think it was just because there was no one else. So but you were spectacular. I was like, oh, you're very kind. Yeah? But <laughs> I, I think it's like compared to no one else, like I was, I was pretty good. But then what happened 
there's a, a big increase in the number of um, dentists graduating. So more so, more around the time that Johan graduated, I remember um, he's now works with us, but when he first graduated, he applied for 100 jobs. And it was in, in Brisbane and, and surrounds. And I think him and another friend of uh, his, they had north and south side of Brisbane and they drew a line. And so he went to north side and the other friend went south side. But um, he applied to over 100 jobs um, to get one. And he said people like just laughed in his face when he's applying to jobs. So they, it went through that time. And it seems to be coming back the mm-hmm. other way a bit where there's more positions yes. available now. It was actually hard all the way up until COVID to find a job. And then since COVID, obviously, there's been a, a reduction in the increase in, in number of registered dentists in Australia. So usually we have an extra 400 or so newly registered dentists, you know, that takes into account retirees and people coming from other places plus graduates. And I think uh, 2020 or 21, it was only 250. But it's coming back. There's over 600, I think, added in the last um uh, financial year so who knows what the future holds things could change quite quickly um, but I do remember going to an event at the university in around 2008 or 9 because my friend was studying pediatric dentistry as a specialty and it was a bleak and depressing environment where all the new graduates had no idea if they were even going to get jobs and had all this debt and it was I was really I felt for them and we, we Steve and I talked about like we got to create opportunities for these guys because they're fantastic and they should be going into what's a really exciting career, and they are. And it is that scared. it's a wonderful profession. Yeah, yeah. That that's the thing. So I yeah. feel so honoured to be part of yeah, the profession. It's, such yeah, great it's people. Been, like great yeah, as soon as you meet another dentist, like you, you always get along. Like they're, they're good people. Grads, yeah. yeah. So what I think is that um, because I guess for the people graduating this year, because there's such um, a demand for for dentists. Um, there's so many jobs that are available. I think what most, well, I've heard some, that most people are sort of, as soon as they find their first job or they get their first job, they um, sort of stop looking there and they almost accept the fact that they've got a job and they stop looking for their, their perfect job. And so I think that just takes us into what do you think, and I, guess, I know this changes for everyone, but what do you think are the, the most key things to look for in, in a job? Um, as a new graduate especially. And that's a really good point. Maybe I'll, I'll go back slightly, but I, I agree with you that people tend to get a, um, a job and stay in that job. And then the only time people move is um, if, say, their partner gets a job in another city and then they move with them. That, that's often how it is. And I've had friends that are in other professions such as law where they, there's a real upward mobility. that They, they work in this job and then they want to like progress up to be becoming like a different levels like a manager and then eventually get to a partner status so they, they constantly are looking for that progression where dentistry doesn't seem to have that upward mobility to the same extent but then yes in answer to your question about the um the big things to look for i think i touched on one previously where mentoring if there's just someone who you like who's also wants to give you their time that's just a wonderful thing and that's probably the biggest uh factor we find in, in terms of people's success is if they've got someone who's actually willing to invest time and effort mm. into to growing them as a, a dentist, that's the, the mm. one biggest thing. And I think if you're thought, thinking about goals, life goals that you have, because I think that's one of the key things to being happy in, in your job and, and in life in general. If you can find someone that's achieved those goals from a clinical perspective or a work culture perspective or a communication perspective, you can then surrogate your experience with theirs and try and avoid some of the um, mistakes that they have made in the future. You can learn from them. You can emulate things. You can do the things that they have done 
in their careers and it creates a huge amount of shortcut and, and, and potential upside. So exactly right, Steve. Finding that, that person you can, you know, surrogate your experience through and, and, and copy their experience and then also emulate the things that they've done. So I think that's critical. And then um, I, I like your point, Eli, where you're just saying what your goals are. So it depends if, if there's a you really want to be high-end dentist doing um, full mouth veneers, doing lots of Invisalign. But then if you take a job in a practice where the, um, they don't do any of that and they really just are very good at extractions, you're not really the – the goals aren't going to be aligned in that situation. So ideally then um, we always encourage people to extend their scope as much as possible. Um, so try and find a, a clinic where there is that extended scope and it doesn't have to be one person. You can do everything. There, can be, there might be an Invisalign amazing dentist and then there's someone great at cosmetics and there's someone else great at surgery um, and implants so it's just trying to have your goals aligned with a practice with a really extended scope and so often we chat to new grads and that they'll say well i'm interested in this at this stage but in reality i don't know until i actually get out and start doing it my my goals might completely change which they often do so that's where it's nice to have a practice with a really extended scope so that you start, you think, oh, I'm, I'm really actually interested in ortho. And then when you get out, you go, oh, actually, you know, I, I love implants and doing surgery. Um, and we see that, that was, all that the was time. me. That was you. <laughs> that was me. I absolutely hated ortho in, at university like, with a passion. And it was like very obvious like, with all my friends and everything. And now it's like done a complete 180 and it's like my top top interest at the moment. Yeah, I, think I, saw that, so, I saw that case you posted as well, mate. Great, great yeah. work. <laughs> Isn't it? The Invisalign rep calling us. That's Philip. He's a real go-getter. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's but yeah, it, it, it's, I think, yeah, I think that, that just sort of reinforces the fact that so much changes within your first year of practice. And then even that, even within your first year, within your first you know, few months, your, your interests are going to change. Like you, you realize that doing something more often, like every day or every few days, that your interest in that sort of particular area might, might change just because you're doing it more often. Whereas in the past at university, you might be doing, you know, one, one like exo case per, per, per week or per month or something. And then, and then so that's why you're so interested in it. And so it's funny how things change so quickly once you do yeah. start working full time. And the re- reverse is always true as well. When you start at a clinic and they don't do much, it is hard to go against the trend. Like you might think, oh, I'll just be able to do my own coaching and my own continuing education. But if the clinic's not set up for doing, say, ortho and you're the only one in the whole place doing it, you can do it. But it is harder. Who pays for the materials? How and it's like they don't have a they don't have a scanner in there or something so, like that. Yeah, so no, what do you buy your scanner? Or if what? something goes wrong, well, there's no one supporting. We told you there would be a silly idea to do that. So it can be limiting, um, which might be fine. That might be the aspirations that you have for your career. But um, if you do have the idea, you may have an extended scope as part of the goals you have. It's really important important to have that in, as part of your first job so as i say extended scope the mentoring as well as i said it's great to find something you get along with yes. well um and i was very fortunate on that front but probably what wasn't as as good with myself is it wasn't fully structured it was it was a bit more haphazard which i would just have cases and then i'd bother richard in the uh lunchroom or i say oh can you just stay back after work i've just got this thing i've got to chat to you about um, where ideally it is nice if you've just got time set aside where everyone's on the same page and we're, we're doing mentoring at that time. 
uh, and it's actually rostered in the schedule, so it's mm. actually prioritised. Yes, um, not an afterthought or not like oh, if if my uh, emergency spot, I've got a half hour gap. If it doesn't fill, then I'll then I'll chat to you then. Um, which is often we chat to people. That's the kind of thing, and then it fills, and they they can't go through the case with people. So it's nice if it is structured in the schedule as as part of things. Is also and people mentoring. You know, practices recognise that that's what uh, new grads want, and the job market is tight. So. You'll find, I would assume, and Phil, you can correct me on this, most practices will say they offer mentorship. You know, it'll be a box that they tick. And then the success of that mentorship will depend on that principal dentist, their schedule, their commitment, what they understand mentorship to be, what they may have received in the past as well. So, again, surrogation is probably the best way to discern this. Uh, find out from the other associates what the mentorship is like. Ask them. And, and that's that's the key point, I think, yeah. is like if you look at other people who've, who've been through as a new grad in that location and then you look at what level that person's at and, and if that person's just doing a phenomenal job and like doing all complex dentistry and just doing an amazing job, then you go, oh, that's actually probably going to be good. Yeah. Um, but if then the other people who've come through as new grads are just doing a really basic scope and um, – yeah, not not really extending themselves or not enthused by dentistry. Yeah, again, that mm. that might not be where the mentoring is. Yeah, I think you described what I did almost to a T. I've been three or four existing dentists at Avenue ah. before I. Oh, we, I didn't even know you did that. Ah. So, <laughs> I'm glad they. So said. I, I did my research beforehand as well, and at least one and, of those um, four had something positive to say. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> So, yeah, I think that was one of the big things for me. And then even just, um, not even regarding the job specifically, but, you know, I was moving interstate for the job. And so speaking to someone who had done the same thing within Avenue was also a good um, thing to hear about as well because, um, yeah, they they were telling me about the support that they received in terms of moving and and how it was seamless to sort of transition into um, the team and, and how the culture was really good and that sort of stuff as well. So, um, yeah, it's not just sort of just the, the job that you're asking about when you're talking to some um, existing um, dentists that work there. But I think, yeah, it's sort of the whole, um, the whole picture as well, which is good. Which is great. Like, yeah. when you touched on culture, like, I think that's a really important thing as well. Like, you can have a, a job where the dentists are doing amazing scope uh, and doing great dentistry, but also, like, it might not be a, the environment that you like. So and and not saying uh, one environment is the right for every person. Some people might like a more social environment. Some people might like a more serious environment. Um, some people might like a really performance um, generated environment. So it depends. So you just have to find the culture that's right for your personality, um, which is also very important because it's you spend so much time at work. You want to be enjoying it, and you want to be around people who you like. And so yeah, if you find. Oh, okay, now I've got this great mentor. I've chatted the other graduates that have been through. They all seem great. Now I can go train at the gym with them, go out for a surf. I can, um, yeah, go out for a drink with them, go out for a meal. Great. Okay, that's a great environment that I like. But then also you might like gaming instead. And then there's a, a whole bunch of people who really like gaming. Awesome. That's the crew you should hang with. Yeah. But there's also a lot of hard to quantify factors in terms of culture and there's no one way of assessing that as a new graduate in a practice. I think all you can really do is obviously, you know, in an interview, in a job situation, everyone's going to be 
on their best behavior and everyone's going to be promising the world and that's all fine and you will be too as a new grad you're putting your best foot forwards i guess a better uh, gauge on that is just to look at the touch points of the practice look at how reception is they're treating each other when you go in for say an interview at a practice if you're doing it in person how and it is good to do if you can do in person interviews it gets you a much better feel where i know we're doing yeah. this online and people yes. do that but we do a definitely we definitely recommend that and then you can see how the uh, assistants and the reception team is interacting with patients how you're treated in the waiting room are they just oh oh yeah sit down i'll get the guy or they're like oh welcome you know ask for if you want a cup of tea or coffee or something there's a nice welcoming experience uh, and all the small little things i guess you've got to just trust your gut a little bit on those things and see how it all feels uh, and not go as much on what's what's sort of promised, I guess, in the interview where everyone's on their very best behaviour, showing the, be- the best side of themselves. And the other thing, Philip, I was thinking about was, uh, Eli touched on it earlier where he was saying it's hard to go against the grain of the practice. So if, if it's the practice is more so geared towards surgery but not orthodontics to then implement orthodontics into the practice and, and go down that route is hard ideally you want to be able to have a practice that has the systems to support yourself has documented processes and is offering the treatments that you want to do all of that really helps like the whole system supporting success and well-trained receptionists or all of that kind of thing well-trained assistants so everyone's wants your success is number one where it's hard to go against the grain if you're trying to implement a system but then the rest of the practice is, oh, this guy wants to take photos of all his work. It's so frustrating. He takes forever. And then it's like, rubber that, dam. This guy oh, wants yeah. to do rubber dam. Tell me he's gonna, oh, not rubber, rubber dam. Rubber dam. Oh, oh. This guy. And it's like hard to do things <laughs> to implement against it. But if that's part of the, the culture and everyone's doing those things, yeah. great. Then it's just so much easier to just run with the tide. So the way, way of assessing that would just be to, you know, ask the, the dentist that is, oh, do you guys have like a standard operating process for fillings, for example? I'd love to see if you have a copy of that so I can see, you know, what sort of materials you're using and how you're approaching it in a non-threatening way. And if they say, oh, yeah, sure, I'll send it through, great. They've actually documented something that everyone's working towards, which is just easier. It's not essential, but it's easier for mentorship. It's easier for training. It makes the system process of the practice work properly and then you'll learn faster. If they say, oh, we, we don't really do that because everyone does things a bit different, I wouldn't say that's a red flag by any means because it's it's quite normal to have that situation. But it's just something that goes to show you maybe the systems aren't as are standardized and every all the assistants aren't necessarily trained in one way of doing things you may have to be a bit more independent minded in terms of how you approach things you might get a bit more resistance you might have to do some more training you might have to do some training you might have to allocate timing of appointments and communicate that to reception more clearly there's a bunch of little things that knock on effects of that that you probably should be aware of it's 2022 a time where cloud-based software is enhancing every aspect of our lives. So why not leverage those same capabilities in something we use every day, our dental practice management software. Imagine a platform rethought from the ground up, intuitive and intelligent, using the possibility of today's technology for your patients and your business. A solution that optimizes our daily workflows, creating the edge that modern dentists need to stay competitive and connected. 
principal practice management software is this solution. Efficient, intelligent, intuitive. Because it's 2022 and you expect better. Go to principal.dental to learn more. We've been talking about, you know, what's helpful in a, in a practice or a job that, that suits this particular person, but do you have any specific tips or things that you look at for in an applicant that's wanted to work for at your practice as, and then as a, as a practice owner? Are there sort of certain qualities that you think are more desirable than, than others? Yeah, um, a, a few things that come to, to mind. Firstly, you have to have a great cultural fit for the existing practice. And as I was touching on before, it, it can be different people like different things, which is completely reasonable. Some people might like um, watching the football and rugby league and then there's other people like reading a book and then you think there might be a disconnect between those and it's the same with a, a dental practice. If it's someone who's a great cultural fit for the team, that that's always number one. So it has to align with really the the, the purpose and values of, of the organisation is really what I'd see as a, and that's a cultural yeah, thing. Yeah, and the, the important, well, the most important thing for us, and I think this goes to what makes for a good life and an and enjoyable career, is number one, a sense of growth. Obviously, we have six values, but I'll just target growth and say, you know, a growth mindset for life in general just makes makes life so much more enjoyable. You're open to new ideas. You're open to, you know, examining how you're approaching things and improving that and taking that open-minded growth mindset is just it's so important to us but it also creates so much happiness for everyone around you (laughs) and feeding into that feedback being able to accept feedback in a way that doesn't crush you that doesn't make you feel worthless but also inspires you to be better and sort of and that's such a big point, yeah. right? So not taking yeah. it personally, yeah. just, just go, oh, this is my opportunity gonna, to be better. How good yeah. this? Then I'm going to be better tomorrow. Yeah. You're going to have so much opportunity for feedback as a new grad because you'll do a lot of things wrong. As we all do. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, number one, you can't let it crush you. But at the same time, you can't ignore it. You've got to walk the balance between taking it on and growing in confidence. Um, so they're the two key things I think as a, a new graduate you should work on. And for us, they're the things we try to get a gauge on. It's very hard to but try to get a gauge on with people. And if we can get that right, that's a win for everyone involved. And certainly yeah, I mm. couldn't agree more with that. We want people who are just passionate about dentistry that actually do want to grow and, and, mm. and enjoy their career because it's a wonderful career to mm. be part of. It's a wonderful profession. And some people aren't as enthused by it when, when they graduate. It's like they're, they're done with it and they're sort of fatigued after uni time. We <laughs> want people who it's like, this is not, it's not the end of my study. Yeah. It's actually just the beginning of my career. Because that, that passion gives you the strength and resilience to get through the hard times. If you have a passion, a goal, a growth mindset, open to feedback, you, know, you can sort of take a setback, have that passion and drive to be uh, the next Stephen Dudgeon of dentistry. Please, for mate, I, I mean, there's a lot, lot better dentists. Yeah, out there. there's oh, the, the next Johan Weymouth or Chris Fitzpatrick or whoever Phil Dwayne um, of dentistry. I'm going to do that. I'm going to be that person. That's going to allow you to kind of cop a few <laughs> and move through it. Um, so passion is really important. 
I think I think we get a lot of questions from like listeners who say, "Oh, do you think it's um, a good idea to have like a clinical portfolio with your application and you know, all those sorts of things?" If I was the person sort of looking at the applications, I see the clinical portfolio more as like a, a drive for learning and like you know, documenting cases. Just means that they're 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 wanting to sort of um, you know reflect on their their existing work and then grow and become better rather than the actual work itself. Yes. Would you would you agree, definitely with, agree with that? That's a great insight. Because great with, insight. I think it's great to include a clinical portfolio, but also yeah, I agree hundred percent with your point. It just shows that someone cares and they're passionate about what they do. That that's really what it shows because their dentistry is going to improve. Like it's they're not going to peak in uni. Like generally, they're going to keep growing, getting better. And so, it's not to judge people. Like that's that's their the best, the pinnacle of where they're ever going to be. It's just someone's passion. They they passion enough, take photos, put it in the clinical portfolio, make a mini website about themselves, upload some videos about themselves. Like if they're passionate enough to do all that, mm. then then they're they're a driven person mm. who wants to be a success. Yeah. And then that's, that's a, the kind of hundred percent right. I mean, I guess. You know, as an applicant for a practice, you don't want someone that's not not got has got terrible hand skills, for example. Like obviously, but you you understand that that the growth is is really what we're sort of about. Like yes, you're not going to peak in in dental school if you're approaching cases from the perspective I need to present a perfect result. No, that that's probably not that important to us. At least it'd be more like okay, this is what I did. This is how I approached it. And if things didn't go as well in certain areas, these are how the things I would change next time. And that shows critical thinking. It shows the ability to accept feedback and and and, uh, and move forwards and document cases, all those positive skills rather than the end result. But also we, we probably enjoy training and mentoring is part of it. So um, our view might be slightly biased that way we'd rather just have someone who's super enthusiastic mm. and then we're happy to put the effort into them to, to train mm. them to be the best that they can be where um uh, other people it might be yes if you're a bit more like you're in yeah. a room and you don't have more mentoring they just want someone who has like the best hand skills right now and then could just execute on something well yes, without having to cause without, too many headaches for them yeah that, that's also yeah. Yeah. some people are looking more for that yeah on the topic of extending your scope and, and trying to sort of improve your skills as much as you can in your first year out, what do you think is the the best route to go through in terms of like CPD? I know that you guys run the um, Australian Dental Graduate of the Year program and the um, mini residency associated with that. Do you think there's like a particular um, sort of uh, CPD course that, that would benefit a new graduate more than say you know, an implant course or a, an ortho course? Probably. Uh- in terms of the graduate year award, I'd say definitely apply. Yeah, the mini res basically it tailors what we think is most important in the first year, and obviously it starts off with the basic procedures. And I think that's really if you can get good at the basics, your life is way less stressful. So if you go straight in for complex dentistry, you know you're asking for a, <laughs> a fair here. You, you really want to make sure your fillings are doing you're doing really beautiful restorative work. You're not leaving decay. You know, you're you're communicating well with patients. I think that's really important. And you're also uh, developing yourself as a member of a team because even though in dental school we got to get our grades and do the clinical work well, once we're actually working, our success is greatly determined by how effectively we can motivate those around us and support those around us. So any training in that space is really, really important. Prime Speak is helpful for some of those things if you want to go down that way. 
Uh, there's a lot of good courses in terms of basic dentistry in the first six months. And then you start dabbling in various areas. I think the best way is really just to look for the guys that you aspire to be like. Um, the, the great thing about the modern age is, you know, specialists, uh, dental gurus are very accessible. You know, you can literally just go ahead and um, contact them on Instagram or whatnot and they will actually respond. So I would recommend um, sort of going in finding people that you think would be great. And I could name names, but I, I probably wouldn't want to sort of, um, <laughs> uh, you know, sort of plug one over the other. Uh, but I think the other thing is definitely hands-on based training is crucial because, you know, you can read till the cows come home and, and uh, in, in practice theory is always going to be a bit different <laughs> to how you, you operate. So I think it's essential to get hands-on training. The other really important thing for most dental procedures, particularly root canals, do procedures on extracted teeth. That's what I was going to say. The best thing oh. you can possibly do is extracted oh. teeth and then you go, you do caries removal on it and then you do you do a filling and then you do a cut of crown prep and then you do an endo access and then you do the, the root canal on it oh. and then you uh, mount it and then you section the teeth, the practice sectioning teeth yeah. extractions mm. and then you just do that. And if like that's the best thing you can yes. possibly do. You just have hands Huge. on. Huge. If you think about professional sports, they do training most of the time, like 95, 99% of the time, I'm not sure. Um, and there's only a little bit on game day when they're actually executing the procedure. Mm. The rest is all training. In dentistry, it's the reverse. We spend most of our time doing the work and then the training is only a little skerrick at the time. And if you can just increase the amount of training where you do it, mm. hands on training, mm. As you say, there's always a, mm. uh, a difference between theory and practice. So that, that is such a good point. I mean, if you – not many people Thanks, do this. Yeah. <laughs> it takes a long time and you've got to get the room set up and this and that. Block out the time. Spend three hours a week. If you did the three hours a week on an extracted tooth, you do that whole thing that Steve said, maybe it takes you four hours. I can guarantee you, you will be an incredible dentist after six months of that continuous um, in terms of the basic procedures. But in terms of that, barely anyone actually does. No, because it's hard. Yeah. But it'd yeah. be like you finish a shift and then you stay back. And it is a lot to ask. Do Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, uh, but it is like it's an amazing extra step. And then you supplement that with experts because you don't want to be practicing your own golf swing over and over. <laughs> you want to get, get that sort of what's the ideal golf swing and practice that. But the practice part is just as important as, as the information dissemination. But, yeah, that's what we try and do with the mini-res. We have a lot of hands-on components for the basics, but then we do delve into some of the more complex areas, trying to demystify those areas for, for, for young dentists. It's, it's amazing. It's always amazing to us to see how simple things actually are, but yet how complicated they're taught and, and perceived in the dental community. So that's really an exciting thing is to be able to debunk that sort of complexity. And generally in terms of other courses, we probably encourage people to more so take uh, longer courses or, or more meaty yes, courses. Yes, agree. Um, as opposed to I did this one-day course in, in implants and so now I'm going to start placing implants, um, like doing do a graduate diploma or yes. something more significant um, is probably what we encourage people to do. If there's an area they've decided, I'm really passionate about this, I really want to be great at this, that, that's generally what we go down that line. And then um, in addition to that, just whenever you do anything, write down the learnings and implement something. 
Yeah. And so many times we have um, dentists do a great course. It was fantastic. And then two months later, just, nothing's been changed. No change. Yeah. So you, you've got to actually consciously write down the learnings and then what are the implementation steps and then hold yourself accountable. Review in a month. Did you actually do X, Y, Z? Because without those action steps, you know, you really don't don't have the progress that you want to get out of any sort of extra um, effort you're putting in. Digital dentistry is a booming field that is becoming more popular by the day. If you've hesitated taking the plunge into what is a rapidly growing sector of our profession, then look no further. Avant Dental is a dental laboratory that specializes in digital dentistry. Avant Dental provides a range of services to dentists. Digital splints, digital wax-ups, implant guides, implant prosthetics, to our bread and butter crown and bridge work. They can do it all. Not only does Avant help in making sure you're doing everything right, but they are strong advocates for educating dentists. They've opened a new education center for clinical-based training sessions on all the latest techniques. Give them a call today or visit them at www.avantdental.com.au to find out more. Awesome. That was all really good advice. And I think there's so much we could talk about in terms of, you know, goal setting and and how to develop yourself within your first year of, of dentistry. But um, yeah, perhaps another another episode for uh, that another time. Fair enough. More we than we talk too much, do we feel? Is that what's happening? We talk no. just the right amount of time. <laughs> just the right amount. Yeah. I think we'll wrap up it in a little bit, but I think I guess the last thing I wanted to get from both of you was what has been the most meaningful piece of advice? I guess especially something relevant for for, for being a new graduate or like a final year student that has, you know, made that that has changed the way that you have, you know, seen dentistry or um, how you've sort of lived your life now after getting that piece of advice so it doesn't have to be sort of like clinically focused it could be just something um, something else that just has completely changed the way that your life has after that probably for me the biggest change was going from single tooth treatment planning to being able to full mouth treatment plan and it just was it's a different way of thinking and that just was dr richard bell and that just made the biggest change for me it was incredible. I couldn't. I couldn't unsee what I could see. Yeah, uh, for me, probably always go a bit um, more esoteric, deeper. So uh, it was actually just the crucial conversations book that we we know, <laughs> and understanding that in order to under, you know, get the best out of people around you, you have to understand how to interact with them. And you have there's always a story going on in the background in your mind about what's happening, which elicits a. a an emotional response, and then a behavior. But understanding that there's actually a story behind how you're feeling about any given situation and then actively trying to change that story to make it a positive one. And if as I progress and I, I learn to do that, then I can understand myself better and I can take on way more feedback and grow so much more as an individual. Um, so understanding yourself, understanding the stories you're telling yourself about the events and situations around you and understand that those things are flexible and changeable um, is an amazingly positive experience for me. So recommend that book, Crucial Conversations, a really a game changer for me in all of my relationships. I was just doing some coaching by the other dentists in that yep. yesterday and that yep. sort of like one of the big points. So. Yeah, yeah. Really good. Yeah, beautiful. Awesome. As always, it's been amazing talking to both of you. I feel like, you know, we've, we've talked about this particular topic so many times now, you know, in our interviews and then when we've, when we've done, you know, the mini res with 
with all the other students and that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, I think it's the, the, the advice that you give, it's like something that people can use, you know, not just in their, new, in their first year out of dentistry, but like throughout their whole career, because it is that sort of lifelong um, growth journey. And um, yeah, without having that sort of that growth mindset, um, staying stagnant in, in one place is it's just not exciting and it's not fun. And so, and so I think, yeah, I think what you've said is, 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 is perfect. And we want to really thank you both all for joining me today. Uh, your, your busy schedules running lots of different practices. <laughs> and, um, congratulations to you, Phil, as well. Just to say, like, in terms of your growth journey, you do a phenomenal job. And congrats on being part of the Dental Head Start um, team. And it's mm. also just um, great, all the work the Dental Head Start's done. Mm. Um, so, yeah, just congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Steve was extremely nervous before this um, thing. He was sweating profusely, and but you made him feel so much more comfortable. Thank you, mate. You put me at ease. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've, um, a beautiful smile. Steve this is right. Yeah, you guys can't see this. You, 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 I, I've got a face for radio. Phil has a face for television. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Dental Head Start podcast. I genuinely hope this is helping you become a better dentist. So if you like what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe on your podcast player and I want you to do me a favor. I want you to go to social media and share something that you've appreciated from us with one of your friends. That's how the word gets out. That's how more people gain and benefit from what we're doing. And if you're a dental student or a graduate and you want to get a head start, go to dentalheadstart.com to find everything we're doing to help dental students become great dentists.